Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm great. We really got to work on these openings. I mean, we're going to get better at this. We should That's plan right. this a little bit right. better. Dead silence to begin, dead air time, and then uh, people uh, skip right on by to the uh, to the next cat video or whatever it is that Instagram Ooh, is uh, throwing in their news feed. Yes. Um, the word hydration is interesting to me because it makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, what percentage of our bodies, 50, 60% of our bodies are water. So, you know, if you deplete that, it needs to, to be strong. What's interesting, though, is when I started getting into triathlon world, and I really started depleting, I guess, and, and sweating out water, I realized how important it is to hydrate uh, and learn different things. You know, I used to think that, like, just water was okay. Then I learned that maybe I should sprinkle some salt in that water, then drink Gatorade. What I learned, Gatorade was terrible for me. Um, dilly, I personally, dilly. yeah, drink, drinking beer. I want, I have a dilly dilly shirt. I almost wore that today. And I was like, no, I'm not going to wear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, but it, it, it's really interesting because I, it seems like, and I'm, and I'm interested to talk to our guests today about this, but like the word hydration or like when you, when you are dehydrated, like, I wonder like what percentage of your body you're really like dehydrated on and how, how quickly do you, um, does it make a big impact? And with these super hot days that we've had uh, this summer, I mean, it's everyone's got to be dehydrated these days. I don't disagree. I always feel at my calves first, especially after really? a, a long run. Yeah. That's interesting. See, so, look at that. We have Megan and oh. Kim from Crunchy Hydration with us today. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having in us. Unison. How's it going? Your <laughs> team. Unlike you guys, we practiced the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We have 120 episodes of practice I know, this. And we we're still stumbling. <laughs> the problem is this, is when I press live or I press go, it takes a couple of seconds for it to register, for me to see it, even though it's four seconds ahead. I'm like, I don't know. And it's, I blame the system. Okay. It's always the system. It's always the system. <laughs> so, so. Um, are you guys athletes? Did you grow up uh, like in enjoying water hydration? Like, what's like, why care about something like this? Uh, well, I love beverages. Just beverages in general. I love water. I love. <laughs> uh, my parents used to joke me. It was was that scary movie with the water everywhere. Um, I was that person. Like, I just had cups all over the house. Um, do you know which movie I'm talking about? I mean, there's a lot <laughs> with water everywhere. I'm thinking the Jaws, haunting. Lucy. The, uh... Yeah. Anyways, um, love beverages. And it's been super helpful recently as I've started doing a lot of uh, hot yoga where it's 115 degrees, 50% humidity in there. Um, yeah. Mm. I'm our target audience because I'm chronically dehydrated. Like I'm awful at drinking water. She's like, she's like a camel. It's like yin and yang here. <laughs> Yesterday I, I, I was like, chug, 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 chug. I have to do that every now and then just to get her to drink some water. It's true. I, I hired a dietitian about a year, about this time uh, a year ago. And they're going through like the questionnaire, like, oh, how much water do you drink a day? And I'm like two gallons. They're like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, like I drink like two gallons of water. Like it's, it's uh, legit. My so, intake like, for the week. So <laughs> really? Oh wow! Yeah. I don't. So know. what? I don't have an exact number. But you know what is it? 70 percent plus Americans are chronically dehydrated. And at what position? Mm. So, so to go back to kind of what Tim and I were talking about a second ago, like at what position does someone become dehydrated and that they actually notice it? It's someone once said, like, if you're feeling thirsty, you're dehydrated. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm always thirsty, but I, I mean, I think just a lot of us are not getting proper hydration. So we could go on and on about the quality of water or the majority of beverages um, are full of sugar or additives that are actually dehydrating you. Yeah. And the average drink across like all forms of beverage in the United States has 37 grams of sugar. And that is 125% of your daily recommended intake. Well, yeah, that's one thing about me. I, yeah. Yeah. I do not like drinking calories mm -hmm. unless it's in the evening. Wasteful. <laughs> I, unless but, it's Friday. Zach, you seem surprised by that. 
I don't like to drink calories either. <laughs> this, this, this is ridiculous. Um, okay, so so is it that people just don't like the taste of water? Like what? Like in your findings, in your research, stuff like that. Like what? What is it about water that people don't like? I standard. Think, you know, your standard tap water. You know, whatever. Yeah. So the problems we identified are like we just said, most of it's uh, sugar, calories, um, and the solution like it's on the go. Like, so our product, people can just grab and go. They know that they're going to be hydrated without calories and they're getting a lot of other benefits. Um, I think that the modern day consumer just doesn't have easy access to better for you hydrating beverages. And we don't grow up trained to drink water. You know, when you're young, you want stronger bones. So you drink milk or in the morning you have your juice. And so you're used to having either these sugary or creamy fat heavy substances from a young age. And then as you grow up, you're not having water unless you're, you know, in the summer in the heat at the beach, at the pool or doing athletics. So it's not a habit. Like we haven't developed the habit of drinking water young or they're bringing you a cooler full of Gatorade after your yeah. soccer game or your tennis match or whatever it may be. Um, I don't know that it's kind of like how coffee or wine as you grow up is the acquired taste. It's almost right. like water has become an acquired taste. Yeah. I was the, I was the, the kid that would put the extra cup of sugar in the Kool-Aid mix. Uh, when, I mean, and so then water was a really, really tough thing to get used to because I love the extra sugar and the Kool-Aid. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, though, of you drink your milk, your juice, whatever. I, that's that's interesting from a marketing perspective. I mean, there's a huge angle for, from that perspective to, to, to push that. And um, it's wild to think of. Water for kids. <laughs> yeah. So what's talk to talk to us about the the origin. How did how did you get the name? How did you start? Pretty cool. Yeah, so Pretty cool story about that. It's a good story. So Crunchy Hydration originally started, well, actually, how long of a story do you guys want? We'll go back in time. So Kim and I, uh, we started being friends, middle school, high school. We went to UVA together, went our separate ways. Uh, I moved to Los Angeles working for a global training company and um, quarter life crisis, moved to Thailand. That's where I fell in love with all things crunchy and moved back to this area, Virginia beach and started a cold pressed juice business in 2017. Um, Kim went to. Well, I went to UVA as well, yeah. studied chemical engineering, but while I was there, got involved with an organization that offered this kind of give a year scenario where I went to Granada, Spain, ended up being two and a half years and worked on a university campus there I moved back, got a job as a project manager, and right around the time I was looking for a change of pace, Megan had started Crunchy Hydration, and we're kind of yin and yang, opposite personalities, opposite strengths and interests, and so kind of fits to have the team together. And we both struggled with um, anxiety and bouts of depression, you know, our camel over here, chronic dehydration, um, and so it was just a beautiful, perfect blend to be able to start this company together and, um, you know, really focus on not just the physical hydration and what this does for your body, but the mental aspect of it too. So for us, it's a much greater, you know, crunchy started because I had a terrible like cheap juicer and it was literally crunchy and I would smash up almonds and put it in there. Um, but now it's a lifestyle. It's a movement we're trying to start of living a life of intention and caring about your body and what you're putting in it and how you're treating others. Um, yeah. So that's how crunchy came about. There's a, um, uh, many, many people I think would believe this statement that we, we treat problems once we have them instead of like fixing kind of their intake, if you will. So instead mm -hmm. of, um, uh, oh, okay. Like I, I have this disease now, whatever I, here's a drug to fix it instead of trying to, to, to fix it on the other end of it. And it's interesting to, um, I would assume that you guys, I, I think everyone on this call would probably agree with, with that kind of statement. Um, do you guys agree? I guess I should, I should yeah, ask. Yeah, like you, you, you treat the symptom instead of treating the root cause of the symptom. Yeah. And so to, to know that people are so, um, you know, you hear about what 80% of Americans are overweight. A lot of people, 
um so you're you guys stat the stat you guys just said 70 percent of americans aren't getting enough water things like that like if we can just improve that a little bit i wonder how much of uh, of this stuff gets fixed and it's 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 kind of a wild ride to think about how you know convenience is so easy from for, for people to eat some 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 crazy stuff to drink some crazy stuff yet if they just fix a little bit of it it probably fix a a ton of their their problems yeah, did you hear when uh, when Chris Pratt lost all that weight from going to like Parks and Rec, Andy, goofy, lovable guy, to like the Guardians of the Galaxy? His constant joke was, "I just stopped drinking beer. Like, I don't work out. I just stopped drinking beer." That's it. <laughs> so consuming calories through his beverages, calories through your beverages. <laughs> so I um uh, in twenty oh five. Have you guys ever seen the show, uh, the the documentary Supersize Me? Mm -hmm. so it's the the hit morgan spurlock documentary timmy you ever watched it yep yeah so it's about how he takes uh he goes and eats mcdonald's every meal for whatever and uh for 30 days and he gains 22 pounds whatever whatever and uh, i met him at a at a conference and i stood up raised my hand and i said well how much do you think of this is actually the soda intake and and not the food intake and what was interesting is I think he tended to, I don't remember his exact answer, but it was something along the lines of tending to agree with me because people were drinking like a two liter of soda at every meal. And it's like, that's absurd when you talked about how much, how many, how many 42 grams of sugar in a can of Coke. I mean, you're drinking four of them right there. I mean, it's just, it's absurd to think about how much sugar we put in our body uh, from stuff like that. So, so to have a, a solution um, with, with crunchy hydration, I mean, I think that's, it's pretty rad. Thank you. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> It's been a fun journey and it's so much more than just hoping to help people with hydration. It's, you know, every can has a different, um, aligns with a different chakra. So we have six right now, we'll have seven soon. Um, but you know, the stabilizes for your root chakra and it has dandelion and licorice and Himalayan salt for, you know, electrolytes and trace minerals. Um, and with that comes yoga poses and breathing exercises and food recipes. So it's, um, hopefully all encompassing and just giving people the tools to make simple intentional changes in their life. Yeah. So the water is like, most people call it just crunchy. They don't even use the full name of crunchy hydration because crunchy then becomes, you know, you have this simple habit of just replacing a drink a day with crunchy, but that grows into something more as you like learn more about it. It's not just a beverage. It's this lifestyle to adapt. What are the six flavors right now? Can you name them off? Not to put you on the spot. I would hope we can name them off. <laughs> I would hope so too, but. So you start with the stabilize, which is raspberry. That's your root chakra. And then the awaken, which is tangerine. That's your sacral chakra. The energize is mango. And that is your solar plexus. Then the elevate is your heart chakra. That's lime. The calm, watermelon. So good throat chakra and the ohm is grapefruit and that's your third eye. And then we're working on bliss, which will be a lavender lemon. Hmm. How, how walk me through the, uh, the creative process when it comes to determining what that next product or flavor is going to be. Yeah. So when, when Megan first started, I like to joke her a little <laughs> bit because before I came on board, she had come up with two flavors. Really good flavors. They were raspberry and black blue, raspberry. Blue, blue raspberry? Black, black raspberry. raspberry. Yeah. Those were her differentiating flavors between her calm and energized. We got a real creative over here. <laughs> <laughs> so what was really interesting about COVID for us, we started sales in October, 2019. Then March, 2020, everything shuts down. But we used that and had all of this time to then put more intention behind things. So when we started, we had four SKUs. And in those four, it was the same sets of ingredients for two of each. So there was a CBD and a non-CBD version of the same sets of ingredients. Then when we had all this time on our hands, I started reading more and more on the chakras because Megan wanted to do an RTD beverage ready to drink that was based on the chakras. And so we change the recipes for each and using the chakras gives you this roadmap for how you choose things. Um, it's, there's so much research around them. And so there's a color for each chakra. So that's where the colors of our cans come from. There are fruits and vegetables associated with each one. So each of those fruit 
flavors has been chosen based on the chakra. So your red root chakra gets the stabilize, which is then raspberry. Your orange awakened sacral chakra gets um, the tangerine flavor. And then in addition to that, each has a different kind of mental goal to them, like an energy that they're supposed to be helping you with. Um, And so that's how you're able to choose the ingredients. So the reason the root chakra has the dandelion and the licorice with the raspberry is that helps with your gut health and it helps you kind of stabilize, have a sturdy foundation. So each has a story like that. Wow. That's super I, I had no idea. I like I'm I'm not even sure how to follow up with that because I'm like trying to process yeah. it. Like, wow. Here I thought it was just like my favorite color is red, so I'm gonna drink one that's red. Or yeah, much, so, yeah. <laughs> how how and you as might a- be subconsciously grabbing for so I used to always grab for the energized mango because I'm just an energized person. So I go for the one that I actually don't need. And now I've trained myself. I'm like, all right, I need to get grounded. So I actually go for the red stabilize more. So you might actually initially reach for the one that is your strongest energy center. Um, because it's overactive. So like we challenge you listeners to grab the one you might least want to grab. See how so that do you, you feel. do you sell a, do you sell it by the six pack then like one of each flavor, I would assume? Maybe not. not yet. No. We're a team of two and it is it is work to get them off the line and put them in a mixed six pack. So <laughs> eventually we would do like a mixed for Christmas. We're going to have that up and running like a mixed sampler box, yeah. but they come off the line. And it's like pshum, 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 and then it's automated and it's there's no control over the mixing of the packs. Yeah. So, so as we a guy currently who, co-pack at a brewery. And so it's kind of like the smallest scale that we're going to yeah, be at. I, and I want to, we can circle around with that, I, but I want to touch on that, but go ahead, Zach. Yeah. So as a new, who's never tried it, I walk into, so you guys are in, in, in Whole Foods, I believe, and, mm-hmm. or, or I buy online. I have no idea what I want. I have no idea what my problems are or where I might be on that. Do you find that? I, I, I somewhat find it overwhelming to, to figure out what word am I supposed to associate with from a thing, right? So from Tim's yeah. perspective, I'm a lemon lime kind of guy. By the way, I hate blue raspberry, so it, it looks like you guys eliminated that. <laughs> um, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Um, I liked it as a kid with Airheads, but no, no longer as an adult. Um, like, how? Where do I start on that on that aspect to to figure out? Like, okay, like I'm interested in getting this. I've decided I want it. I decided that I'm going to go crunchy. I just now have six options and I don't know which one I want. How do you, how do I figure that out? I'd say it's kind of a, one of those iterative processes for people, if, especially if you're new and don't have background or don't have us giving you the pitch in person. Um, a lot of people are probably drawn to a specific flavor first. And then there is the differentiation between CBD and not. So if you're not able to have or don't want to have CBD, that limits you to half or if you're looking for cbd for anxiety relief or anything like that those are all our citrus flavors so that's kind of step one is do you want cbd or not and then step two which flavor are you drawn to but on each of our product pages i guess this wouldn't be as helpful in the stores but we have where you can click to learn more and we have a full page that details all that we just talked about of what that specific beverage is supposed to do for you and how it's doing it. Like the reason the ingredients were chosen. Or do you need a boost? Like, are you looking for caffeine? So if you know if you want CBD or non-CBD, you're eliminated at three options. All right, I want non-CBD. So you have calm, energized, stabilize. Do I want a little bit of caffeine? All right, my choice is the energize. Do I need need to calm down? Yeah. I'll get the watermelon. (laughs) So the name helps as well with determining it. Yeah. If you're what looking for energy, you have the energizer, the elevate. Um. <laughs> Meditation. <laughs> so, he said, what does OM stand for? <laughs> Should we all it, do it, a collective it, OM? <laughs> we're going to cut that out. Thank I was going to say, that's <laughs> clip. we're not going to use that. It's like a clip that we're going to use. I mean, that's this. <laughs> Natural, right? <laughs> What did you all start with non-CBD or CBD first? And what was the backstory on why you added the other? 
to your started product started with non-CBD. So the original was a calm and an energize and then quickly added the CBD based on the consumer, you know, de the demand. And I will say, so July, 2019 is when you were able to begin selling um, food and beverage with CBD in it in the state of Virginia. And so the first batch was made in April, so it wouldn't have been able to have CBD. And so Megan kind of saw this opportunity of a new market space and it fits in the whole mental health dialogue and it fits with the other ingredients we're using. Um, and so it was a natural, like if this is available, let's be some of the first in this area in Virginia to be using it. Uh, it's been a constant question. CBD is very tricky. So we had all four of those original SKUs ready to sell in July of 2019. And it took us until October to get a payment gateway to be able to process payments. Well, not just that, it was like the wild, wild west. We launched yeah. and we're so excited. We're like, let's do this. And QuickBooks got shut down. Our website got shut down. Our Instagram and Facebook just now got unflagged. Um, yeah, everything. Yeah. Do you have, do you have wow. banking issues? So we had... Uh... Tim, do you remember the, I remember Mass Roots yeah. way back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had we had invested in a company that then started another company, and it was a social network for, I guess, just pot. And um, they had a crap ton of money in the bank, and uh, their banker, who was also my banker, called me and it's like, "What does this company do?" And they like closed them down. And it was this was 2012, 2013 timeframe. So like, yeah, pot ago. businesses were definitely not. Um, they're probably cool, but not like uh, allowed, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, do you guys have those issues now? Like are banks cool? With we that? haven't like, had you... issues with like getting a bank account or anything. Uh, the issue is payment processing. Yeah. So we got very fortunate. We, we were looking at a six month wait time because it used to be just these smaller payment processing that would be allowed because WooCommerce doesn't support CBD. Shopify doesn't support CBD. QuickBooks doesn't. Braintree doesn't. Stripe doesn't. PayPal doesn't. Like still so, to this, like currently now. I'm, I'm wow. surprised Stripe doesn't. That's yeah, cool. yeah, we got kicked off of every single one of those platforms. But while talking to a smaller one that was going to be a six month wait time, we just were completely blessed by this associate there who introduced us to a woman at Square when they were starting up their beta program. So we have higher credit card processing fees um, associated with our transactions than normal, but we were one of, one of the original companies that Square took on in their beta program testing out CBD transactions. And now Square. Now does that for yeah. everyone. It's kind of like, CBD, if you, you have a CBD product, you're using Square probably. Got it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you can get this at Foodline. You can get it. At, you know, you can get CBD products at, at your normal. I mean, at, at Whole Foods. Like, I don't understand what the difference between that and so in one. chain stores, it's typically only CBD topical use, like creams, bombs, stuff like that. Oh, like at Whole Foods, you can't buy our CBD products. They're still waiting to get the green light on food and beverage with CBD. So anything that's ingestible at the chain level has not been approved yet. Everyone's kind of waiting to see who's going to take the first product. And it's usually the company's legal team that's behind that. The in-store managers and buyers want the products because they know they're going to sell but they're just waiting for the go ahead from their legal department. It's just still a little bit of the wild, wild west. Wow. So when you, you're, go ahead, Zach. Uh, when you're selling online, can you sell across states or is it mm -hmm. only in Virginia from CBD perspective? We can sell across states. There are two states right now that don't allow shipping from out of state and it's just South Dakota and Idaho. I'm just curious. The, uh, I don't know about the crunchy base there. I don't know what we're missing out on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm curious, like, from when you're talking to uh, different stores, because as Zach mentioned, you have some shelf space. Um, what stores do you have shelf space in? And you know, how does that conversation go? Do they you know, Are they welcoming it? Because, like you said, that they know it's going to sell. Talk to us about that process. Yeah, so... It has been really blessed. Um, we first started in taste locally in all of their stores. Um, and from that, we had a lot of other local business owners see us, uh, distributors. And so that was kind of our first launch was in um, 
all the taste locations. And then from that, I would say like 75% of our 221 stores that carry us actually reached out to us wanting to carry it. So it's been really welcomed and supported locally in this area. Um, and then on a chain store level, um, same thing, like Whole Foods carries it and has been supportive. We went through the process of adding our CBD SKUs into their system so that once they get the approval, we'll be live. Um, you know, working on finalizing stuff with Kroger, which is super exciting. Um, yeah. oh, over, over, over episode 121, what is this, Tim? 120. 122? 120. So over the 119 previous episodes that we've had, we've had several uh, amazing women entrepreneurs on the show. And, and several of them have um, told us horror stories of being entrepreneurs and just being in... Um, it, it being very difficult to to be a uh, a woman led company. Do you guys have any stories like that? Is it has it been uh, completely different on that? Like where, what what have you guys experienced in in that kind of um, world? Uh, we have a lot of good stories. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't feel like we've faced anything too difficult for being women. Um, I think we're also very relaxed people though so we don't really take things to the heart CBD works I was gonna so. say, you can have one right before me okay no you I can come at us and we're not gonna be offended like we we can probably just serve it back yeah like if you if you've got something to say we've got something to say but no we we have truly felt like supported and yeah. uh I don't know like blessed because of being women in the industry because there's so many like the 97% of funds in the beverage world go towards male um, founded beverages. And a lot of the conferences are older men, but we have never felt offended or had trouble. I mean, no, it's been really blessed. We just have stories of like trying to do it all as <laughs> women entrepreneurs. I'm like, well, it's a bootstrapped operations right now. Like you're looking at the box truck driver, Megan, who, yeah, you know, you know, sometimes you get to play the woman card and be like, oh, help me. Yeah. Or like, oh, I'm driving the forklift today. And like, you got to use whatever cards are in your deck. <laughs> Some points. Yeah. I wish I was more like capable um, driver, but yeah, <laughs> those have been our only issues. So where, so where your, do you do all the, the canning uh, and all those operations? Where is that being done now? So we are in Hampton at St. George Brewery. Yeah, we started with Farmhouse um, Brewing over on Kempsville. And so they, when COVID hit all of their draft sales, they've moved into canning because they were really mobile and did really well in that time frame. They have a smaller production facility, so they didn't have space for Crunchy anymore. But again, we're very supportive. And before they had their production facility, they used to co-pack through St. George. So they made that introduction so we could make the switch there. I was there last night. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, St. George right down the street from, from uh, uh, my house. Did, did, does St. George, do you have a, uh, something in place where you're able to sell your products there as well? Mm -hmm. yep. yep, they have awesome. a little fridge in their draft room. Were they yeah. the first okay. local oh, brewery? Yeah, I think they are. I the think oldest. so. They were like, yeah, the OG. Yeah, yeah. I think they've been there as long as we've been alive. <laughs> how, how do you? Uh, so, so the next step is finding other breweries. Do you, uh, finding a um, how, like what is the next step to to get more inventory uh, out to get more product out? To the market? You should ask. We had that conversation yesterday with them. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, we've just, sales have been really picking up and scaling at the rate at which we wanted to and, and projected. Um, so it is great, but not great for them when we're like, oh, we need to add, you know, four more runs uh, next month. So we will work with a uh, Baltimore-based co-packer that um, can do, I don't know, millions of cans yeah, um, we haven't even asked about their max capacity yeah. because their minimum quantity per flavor is double is what double we're doing. our maximum currently yeah so so we'll be able to switch uh, um to a, a national co-packer who has you know locations all across the u.s and then be able to stay with st george to work on expanding our our keg operations and you know probably keep our cbd lines there and do specialty runs um so it ends up being a, a beautiful transition period once we're ready to 
do a million cans a month. Good problem to have. Yeah. yeah. So is that the long, longer term strategy then is to keep on using places like this? And then like, what, what are you looking at in terms of investment in order to establish your own canning operation? I mean, I have no idea what that would cost. It would yeah. cost. We've we calculated all of that out because when we were uh, young and naive, we we're like, that's, you know, we are raising the funds and we are going to only have women brewers and we're going to have our own packaging facility. And we quickly decided we're not going to do that. We're yeah. going to keep with co-packing. Just the it makes sense financially. Um, there's a lot less overhead, a lot less risk, um, but it would cost about half a million mm -hmm. small scale. For a small scale, which which at that point we wouldn't be looking for a small scale, so the capital cost would probably be larger than that. Yeah, I mean even like at that point, like Liquid Death and um, Bang. I mean, of course they have some places that they're producing, but they have to use co-packers as well. Interesting. So it's just kind of standard in the beverage industry. Oh, okay. So there isn't there there isn't a threshold at some point where you're like, this doesn't make sense. It's kind of just everyone does co-packing. Everyone kind of does. I mean, these and you just find more and more in different locations. Cause then, you know, beverages are such a heavy product as well that you want to have mm -hmm. as little movement from where you produce it to where you sell it as possible. So you're just constantly looking for the next facility. Yeah. Like even Arizona, I mean, they have the Arizona tea, they have their own facilities, but they have co-packers all over the U S as well. Yeah, that's, that's really, really, that's, wow. I don't know. I would love to dig into those numbers in terms of that would be, so I, I could get into some X, Excel, uh, just get into some to, to figure out all of wow. that in terms of. You love a good spreadsheet. That's, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, I mean, yeah we can share. You can look at our spreadsheets. We have some good what? spreadsheets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I just in terms of the like, how many cans do you have to be producing in order for to start making financial sense to even think mm -hmm. about, uh, you know, doing something because that. And it's just the other thing that's really interesting to me is with breweries, uh, the microbrewery scene, you know, they have to invest in all that up front and it's, it's, it's not cheap. So it makes sense from a St. George standpoint to be Recoup able to the cash yeah interesting what, let's can we talk a little bit about um crunchy carrot and maybe the move from that like was it just what what was the reason behind that because it seems like that was was a big love and now it's not yes so i it's still love juice i love the crunchy carrot it still exists um it is uh inside leaping lizard cafe so we still have it um, I licensed the brand to them. So their team makes the juice, but, uh, it kind of got to the point where the purpose of why I started it was killing me slowly. I mean, it was not scalable. I was waking up super early, going to the farm to get fresh produce. Even if I had all the help in the world, like it just never ended because it's a short shelf life. And if you really want to grow that business, um, you would need to either franchise or cold pressure pasteurize, um, so for me, having the opportunity with really no overhead to experiment with the waters and something that was more shelf stable and aligned with my mission in the same way that the juice did, it was just kind of a, an easy, natural transition. But yes, if you want to try the crunchy carrot juice, go to the Leaping Lizard. Is the Leaping Lizard? Where is that? <gasps> You haven't been to the Leaping Lizard? Okay. it's a, When you're at Chick's Beach, you got to go to the Leaping Lizard. Yeah, it's... Uh, right near uh the kroger and where you get on to hampton yep um oh, it's okay. an old really old house that is green and they converted it into a restaurant there's chickens in the back and you can walk to the lake um farm to table wow. restaurant it was on uh what is it drive-ins Dive. Drive diners and dives guy has yeah. been there so as first-time business owners like i mean how do you how do you grasp that you needed to move off of that like because I, I feel like a lot of people who own their first business hold on to something long. And I know it's still in existence, but they hold on to things longer than maybe they should, even though they're getting indications that they shouldn't. Like, were you got it? Did, did, did you have a mentor help you with that? Were you just like, screw it, I'm over? Like, how do you how do you make that decision as, as someone who had never really done it before? Well, I think it was definitely a transitional time because I didn't I do both for a while? Yes, especially while waiting for the payment processing solution 
um, Megan was still doing that entire summer and fall of 2019, the juices while doing the waters. And so it was almost like the crunchy carrot stand at the farmer's market and things like that were also a way to get consumer feedback before we were able to be on shelves anywhere, which was very helpful in the development process of the waters. And then it just, yeah, I, I don't know. I think juice season dies down yeah. and the farmer's markets die down. And so then it became like, as crunchy hydration started to Take pick up off. steam, it was, you don't have time to spend eight hours a day juicing if you want this to succeed. So kind of just And you can't wholesale the juice. So even though I had every store in the area that wanted to carry crunchy carrot, we could not wholesale it according to the Department of Agriculture because it's an unpasteurized um, product. So it was, it just made sense to start pushing the, the waters at different stores that wanted to carry the juice. We're water pushers. <laughs> you all seem really, really busy. What, how many people are, uh, are on staff right now? Is it, it can't be just. You are looking at it. <laughs> wow. Team of two, bootstrapped operations. Um, no, we have girls that help with the farmer's markets because, you know, like tonight we have the King's Grant farmer's market and Friday we have Ghent. Saturday we have two to three different farmer's markets. Um, so we have help with various things, but yeah, it's been full time, the two of us, um, and we're working on a friends and family capital raise, which will allow for a new hire. Um, but it's that, again, it's been blessed where we have distributors who do all of that and they have their sales reps and then we have the co-packing so we don't have to worry about the production side. So, so many pieces of the puzzle have been outsourced, but even the day-to-day the -day for us is just so busy. Even with distributors and 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 their salespeople selling it to to different organizations, different groups, I mean, how do you trust that they are not playing a really bad game of telephone, or or how what do you do to educate them to to uh, understand uh, SKUs that are relatively new in the world? Um, well, I hop in my car and I drive to uh, like last <laughs> week. I went to DC and I um, met with the distributors. Went to. 20 plus Whole Foods throughout DC and I'm educating the stores, I'm dropping off samples, I'm doing follow-ups, um, CCing the distributors on that so that they can kind of see how I'm explaining it. But yeah, right now it's a lot of the consumer education and the distributor education is still a Touchy. lot of, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's like next week I'll get in the car, go to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, hit 30 something Whole Foods, meet with some more distributors. <laughs> How big is the how big is the uh, the distributor territories? Is it uh, is it the same as like beer and wine, or is it, is it a completely different set of distributors? We use some craft beer distributors, but our big ones for Whole Foods and um, independent stores that we would want to be in it's Mid Atlantic, Northeast, and then we just launched with a new distributor for. North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. And non-alcoholic is not as territorial as beer. So it's not like when we sign with one, we can't sign with another. Uh, um, so for example, we've used Allied Craft Distribution for kind of the mid-Central Virginia area since the start. Yeah. And then when we came on with Rainforest that services all the Whole Foods in the Mid-Atlantic and 22 hundred other mom and pop shops in the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast, they wanted a non-compete clause, but they only service businesses that are able to have a $500 minimum order. And that's across their whole catalog. But a lot of the craft places that we're going into with Allied don't meet those ordering requirements. And so they're fine with us being distributed by Allied in the same space, as long as it's not competing with their store list. Yeah, and it's so actually it's not, not a non-compete with, with craft beer distributors though. It's yeah. just a non-compete with like, rainforest versus unfi versus kahi yeah. so it's kind of nice we're in a good space like if we had crunchy beer and we signed on with um you know a distributor they would like they own you forever right yeah so that's not the case with non-alcoholic beverages which is fortunate yeah are you guys friends yeah i think so yeah are we? you like me still? Uh -huh. yeah. yeah yeah we're still there so as friends before becoming business partners, like what do you guys do to not affect that in negative ways or to stay friends? Because 
I mean, I recall one of you saying the reason why you think your friendship has lasted lasted so long is because you weren't roommates at UVA. Correct. Yeah. Right. So to, <laughs> I mean, you're not Just roommates now, but I mean, honesty. this is like, this is, we have this the is, hard conversations yeah. when we need to have them, and then ten minutes later we can be giggling to music in the car. Yeah. Like, we just know because we've been friends since we were 11. So we're going with 20 years of friendship. So we know each other. We know what upsets the other. So we know how to push the button when we want to, but we also know when not to push the button. And so like, just knowing all of that and knowing that no matter how many things come up, she's still there. Like there's no... There's no question that the friendship would go away. Like it's, and I, I think it's, it's both. I mean, it's obviously at the end of the day, it's the best thing, but it's also hard when you love and care someone as a, like about like you know she's like my sister, and so when I know that life has been throwing a lot of curveballs and a lot of family stuff and like whatever, like a random a death in the family and then uh, 10 other issues. I don't want her to be working. I'm like, take care of yourself, take care of your family. Uh, but at the same time, I'm like. There's only, two of us. <laughs> There's only two of us. Like now I'm crying slowly. <laughs> um, so it's, it's good, but it's also hard because you just want the best for the other person. Uh, and just to piggyback off of that, like from a business perspective, how do you guys uh, kind of create goals together? Because, you know, Tim's goal, you know, Tim and I are also very close. We do a thing together. You know, this isn't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, uh, this isn't a crunchy business perspective, but, he has different goals. I have different goals. How do you guys together create goals for Crunchy that 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 makes sense? So it, I mean, we've started working with this consulting firm that's really helped us with our financial modeling. So that's given us a roadmap for the next five years up to our you know eventual exit strategy. And then based on that, Kim and I sat down and we were like, all right, well, this season has been really busy, and here are the roles that we've been doing, but maybe we don't thrive in, um, where do we personally want to be and where do we professionally want to be? And like, we can craft our own future. Like we can hire a CEO if I don't want to be CEO and we can hire, like we could do whatever we want. So we sit there and then plan what we want our future to look like. And then we make it happen. So we did that literally what yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Too. <laughs> yesterday was a big day. I was like, oh, what do you want to, what do you want to do? Like, what do you, what do you want your title to be? Like, what do you want your day to day to be? All right, let's get to that point. Let's make it a goal by next year. We also did, um, so we're in 757 Startup Studios right now. That's where the studio is. Um, but we did a workshop with them last month where we took the strengths test, the strength finders, and then the why, which I had never heard of before. So it gives you your why, how, and what. And so what your ultimate goal is, how you go about coming to it, and why, why you are working toward anything. And what we found is that we have the same what, but literal opposite hows and whys. And so it's kind of like the team perspective of like, her how is simplify and mine is mastery. So that's like a constant butting of heads <laughs> of like, why can't you get this out quicker? Because I need to reread it five times before I send it. Like, like by the time you like, did that yesterday, I was like, cheesy, like you could have just sent the email. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, like our end goal that we found out through the test was um, to contribute. contribute. Yeah. yeah. To like give something. To give something like, to the world. We thrive off of having this product and like hearing feedback that it is actually making a difference in people's lives, that people sleep better, that people interact with their spouses better, that people feel happier. Um, that's our what. And however we get there, we know we're both working for the same what. Yeah. That's interesting. When you first, uh, Kim, when you first started, were you there and more in the, the chemical engineering role to work on the product or did that just happen to be your major at UVA? That just happened to be my major. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Cause yeah. I was just, I was curious if like, if you're the one like grinding through perfecting the product or whatever, I mean, sometimes like people like to like Recipes. coders like to code yeah, and engineers like to engineer. And then, then as you're, the company grows and you're taken away from that. You know, some people yeah. just, they miss that initial spot. So that's interesting. She's the data spreadsheet, like 
numbers, figuring it out, everything yeah. of like how we make it work. And I was kind of originally like the mad scientist who's like, whoosh, 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 like, let's put all of this in. And like, I like this. And yeah. Um, I like, and like that's not going to work. <laughs> Megan goes around setting fires and then I have my little bucket of water and I'm trailing behind. Just when you see the poster of the rock behind me, what, what comes to your mind? You, you want to have this conversation again? <laughs> I thought we were. I, thought, I, I, thought I just we, were... <laughs> we just kind of wonder, you know, who are you? And then um, there was you putting on the glove beforehand. Yeah, that was weird. I've never done that before. It's just goals randomly. for you. So what, what we had said for the listeners before we started recording, I was very distracted by the picture of the rock. One of my good friends has converted. And it's a her. I don't know if I mentioned that it was a female. Has converted her garage into an at-home gym, and she has a poster of the Rock from Baywatch for when you're squatting, and then when you lay down to press, Zac Efron's on the ceiling. So we're gonna be. Uh, Zach's gonna get a gift. Yeah, you're, Zach, you're gonna be getting some posters with your crunchies that we deliver. <laughs> we'll give you a few wait. options. That way you don't have to feel pigeonholed. But well, honestly, like I see that poster, and then I'm like, I wonder like what can. Can we see you with your shirt off? Maybe? Like, I don't know. Is that too far? Is that what you look like? Or My is that inspiration? grandmother was also really into pro wrestling. She kept a metal chair in her living room. My grandma was four foot eight, mind you. Little church lady with her little matching pantsuits. And she would sit in front of the TV shaking the chair. Like, she loved it. So that's what I really think of when wow. I saw Okay, so, so we got to get deeper to this. So what was she shaking uh-huh. the chair for? Like, was she going to hit someone with it? I mean... Yeah, she wanted them to use the chair. Ah, so, so she's, she she's, was putting into ready the universe enabled. what she yes. wanted to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go buy some metal chairs. I mean, this is right. so that's yeah, that sounds exciting. I think that's tiny. What, Tim shocked. Like, no, eight. I'm just thinking that's, that, that's gotta that's be a, like she's a legal midget. Like, she's a feisty woman, though. She was. <laughs> the rowdy Roddy Piper days are uh, oh lord. <laughs> We told you we have stories. Yeah. Um, you guys got a good story? <laughs> I don't, I don't Can know you beat grandma with the metal chair? Can you top that one? I probably do, but I don't want the world to know it. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting transition. Or I don't know how to transition from, from that to, to I something know, else. Right? Um, I leave people speechless regularly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to be speechless. <laughs> got him. Well, let me think. What else do we need to share with the world? Okay, okay so what did you? Okay, so so you guys have done some interesting adventures: um, uh, Spain, Thailand, going away to UVA. Like, is there anything from those experiences that maybe helped you from an entrepreneurial perspective to really uh, grasp uh, to to create your own way? Yeah, absolutely. So the focus of where I was working in Granada was it was a student center. And so in the United States, when you go to university, you have all these clubs and groups and associations you can join. And that's not what it looks like abroad anywhere else. And so a lot of the issues that people see as young adults in other countries is just kind of a, they're so connected to their home because there's not another group or like place to find yourself. And so it was about creating space for community in the university. And so we did a lot of research on different ways to connect with people. And one was a book called Cross-Cultural Connections. And even though that was about specifically like, I'm an American, you're a Spaniard, how do I relate to you? A lot of the chapters just became like your Megan and I'm Kim, how do I relate to you? And I think a lot of that is, it makes it simpler to tailor your pitch to the person you're in front of, like just taking a minute to think, what is their life ex- perspective? What have they been through? Why would Crunchy be important to them? And being able to do that for each individual like on a different level. Well, and in that role, you were managing events, building out websites. So, you know, we have our uh, graphic designer, website (laughs) guru. Um, So I feel like because of what all of our adventures in the past, we're able to adapt and literally like figure out everything. Um, Like we- Great at Googling. Really Really good at Googling. Googling. (laughs) (laughs) It's a skill set. Yeah. 
So it's helped us figure out stuff and also to just be ready for whatever happens. Like when you're traveling a lot and you live abroad, um, you learn to just roll with it. Yeah. Being just confident that you're capable. Yeah. And like if you're not capable, that you can find a resource. So like we already had that training and then COVID just freaking trained us like even more. It was like, and here's your accelerate, like, train. you know, here's, you're going to hit, uh, we're going to have a candemic. You're going to, um, I don't know. There were so many things. <laughs> blacked it out. Yeah. We blacked out for two years. <laughs> well, it seems like you've all of it, you've accomplished a lot this week. I mean, just you've indicated, so a new, the seventh, the seventh skew getting ready to come out. Uh, you, you've outlined some goals. And I, to round out the news of the week, you also received mm-hmm. news on your acceptance. And I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're currently in assembly at uh, 757 Startup Studios, and we just got accepted into their Accelerate program. Yeah. So it's a 12-week business boot camp, and it's going to... It, we're really just looking forward to all the mentor relationships that are going to come from it and all the different ways that, especially for me as a very structured human, excited to see just kind of the way they lay out the important aspects of scaling. So, you know, we've been a startup for so long now looking to scale and grow and be more established and then kind of giving us a roadmap for that. Do, do we don't have other- business backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. So in that same vein, do you look at like different companies of, of people who have uh, created a company that's, you know, a, a little a little different? Like, I, I think of just like the, the the canned space. There's a company called Athletic Brewing Company. It's a non-alcoholic mm-hmm. beer started in 2017. Like some of the things that you guys are talking about, like it really just reminds me of, of, of what they've done. Do, do you look at companies like that and figure out how you can have are there similarities, parallels? Like what what do you do to educate yourself on on? In a world where in a space, I don't think there's anyone else that has canned products. I don't think anyone else has done that. So like, what do you do to educate yourself to to learn from people who have been there before? Yeah, so obviously we do a lot of reading, um, but BevNet has been an awesome community of uh, beverage founders. So I went to that in New York two months ago. You get connected to hundreds of other um, founders in the industry and then industry experts yeah and industry experts and you're hearing amazing keynote speakers and we made it our goal like we just said yes this year like not just yes but like we're going to connect with everyone that we can because we kind of felt like we were at this point like all right we've proven this proof of concept we've doubled sales and we're doing we great. delivered 3000 cases last year out of yeah, our two like, cars not the distributors uh, like us like thousands <laughs> 75000 cans um anyways how, how many cases can you fit in a car at one time uh, i can fit uh, about i could fit 36 in my toyota corolla and i can now <laughs> fit 42 in my nissan rogue i can fit about 54 <laughs> in my forerunner <laughs> Is a case she, six she or rides 24? dirty. She rides real low. She rides low for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what what how big is a case? Is is a case 24, 6, 12? Mm-hmm. 24, 20 pounds. We can lift about um, you know, two to four at a time. So me too, Megan, four, because the height difference really comes into play there. Yeah. Being so able you, to reach. <laughs> we don't we're tra- we don't do that anymore though. We're we've delegated those tasks. Do you have well, problems I think delegating? Yes, for sure. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a helicopter mom. Like I still go to the farmer's market just to be like, and I, t- and I turn cans, I go to the grocery store and I turn the can to make sure it's perfectly aligned for sure. Issues. Yeah. I mean, I, I like hearing, I feel like I, I get a little bit of that, that like you're, this is my baby. I don't want to like, yeah. So, so how do you, how do you fix that? Are you no, trying to fix it? You don't fix it. I okay. just started slowly just handing off more. Um, and we, I think a big part has been admitting to others that we're, we have those tendencies. And then we have like Sandbox from Richmond who's been doing the financial modeling with us. They regularly ask us, like, have you, did you deliver out of your car this week? And we have to, you know, shamefully say yes. <laughs> so the shame factor is really big for us. Yeah, we actually had all of our mentors be like, you can no longer do this. Like, stop, you are offloading and delegating this. And so now we just, I think that's what helped like honestly the community here because it was just yeah. the two of us and we're working from home and you're in this like alternate reality that was COVID for two years and now being out in the world and surrounded by other founders um the accountability has helped being like 
you're literally not going to reach your goal of 18 million in sales in three years. If you're delivering 54 cases a day out of the back of your car, you psycho. (laughs) (laughs) What, what motivates you both just, because it seems like you all are just go, go, go. And that's awesome. And I don't see a lot of that in, in other companies in this area, which I wish that I did. Is it because you don't want to let each other down? Is it because you're just motivated people? Is it because you drink too much of the, the energy <laughs> side, product side? What is it that keeps you, keeps you going? I, I'll stop there and then I have a follow-up with that. I think we both, I mean, like we said, our, our why and our how is different. Um, so for me, I, I am a hyper-motivated person. I like things to be done and done well the first time. So for me, it's just, I have to keep going. I'm not satisfied if I'm not working or producing or like providing some value somewhere. So that, that's my motivation is providing value to others. And the fact that it's a product that I believe in and stand behind and I have personally experienced good things from makes me want to get it in front of as many people as possible. Yeah. And I think it's just, we both know this is the path that we are supposed to be on. Like there has been blessing after blessing. And despite all of the challenges and, and craziness that has been the entrepreneurial path, I'm like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. And like, we are making a difference. And like, even though COVID stopped us from doing so much, like we just gave back to the community and we got to see firsthand, like we were delivering, you know, to giveaway winners and they would cry because they were so joyful to receive it. And they said it, you know, they're able to not have panic attacks while they're teaching virtual school because they got this water. And so I just feel like for us, one, it's addicting. Like we just love like doing it. And then two, we just know that this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And even as someone who's, I'm not even a beverage person, like Megan talks about. She's definitely not our target consumer. (laughs) And I drink water from the tap and coffee, like black drip coffee. Like those are my beverages that I drink. But I, my big passion is conversation and vulnerability and getting down to what's affecting people and how they're doing. And it's such an easy tie-in to say, I'm drinking this because I'm stressed. How are you? Like, it just, it's like my root passion is made easier by this product. And for you listeners out there, she does drink crunchies. I do drink crunchy now. I only drink tap water and drip coffee, but I now drink crunchy. So you can too. (laughs) So you can too. (laughs) I hope I've laughed so much in an episode. This is fun. Yeah, I think that uh, last time we laughed this much was uh, when we had the uh, Kemsville. Oh, yeah. Entrepreneurship yes. Academy uh, students. <laughs> that was a ton of fun. Yeah, this is a long time in the making because I think the first time that I heard about Crunchy and was at the Granby Theater when Bobby Wright had oh. his pitch event. And all of a sudden, I like I got there early because you never can tell with tunnel traffic. And all of a sudden, this car zooms into the front and then <laughs> this person... Hanging. Pulls out of there, you know, he's like carrying cases of something, and I was like, Yeah, that's the crunchy person. And then it was like, Next thing you know, gone. And then it was like, And then it was like, I never, we never, I don't know if we even had a chance to meet that night. And then, um, most recently, I met Kim, and now we're here. But wait, 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 so is that was that one of you too? Delivering Megan. your thirty. That your 30 is educa- she was delivering the perfect 30 description of Megan. I was like, I remember I pulled in, I was like, and then I backed it up, and then I just like had a cooler, and I was carrying. I think I was like carrying one, like two, and then with my leg, and then I, I hobbled in, and I was wearing like a really cute dress, and it was like blowing in the wind. It was just I was a hot mess, and I was I sat up all night. I was giving out cookies. <laughs> how, yeah, many ticket, how many speeding tickets have you guys gotten over the last two years? Don't jinx us. Oh, I'm so sorry. No. I just knocked on wood for you. <laughs> Tim, knock on wood. Come on. We don't need them getting speeding tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's hard these days. Again, I mean, we're polar opposites. I don't, do, I don't do what she does. That's not what it would look like for me is I would park three blocks away and then come in and ask them where I should park to offload and then move my car closer and then offload and then move my car again. <laughs> So I would be any convenience to anyone. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, you all had a, I shouldn't uh, be delivering. I should never be delivering. It's a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> <laughs> there was a big buzz about Crunchy at that time. I was a judge that night, so I, I couldn't just jump up and uh, go and introduce myself or whatever, but I'm glad. Were you guys pitching that night? No, I just had a table set up and we were like oh, okay. sponsoring, giving out waters. Well, it's nice to officially meet you guys now. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having us. Is, anything, is that there, yeah. anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about uh, as we wrap? If you're local, come see us at the farmer's markets. We love the yes. farmer's markets. Yeah, go to our website. You can go to the locations page, put in your zip code. We do like tonight's the uh, King's Grant Farmer's Market, Friday again, Saturday, we do Old Beach at Crocs, which is super fun and the East Beach Market. So support local. Awesome. And drink water. Crunchy. <laughs> and if I can do it, you can do it too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's been great. I look forward to trying it out and uh, I'll keep you posted. Awesome. Awesome. I'll find out what I think. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, everyone.